Hey, what's up, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the New York Mets. Today, I want to break down a trade the Mets made earlier this week, sending pitcher Steven Matz to the Toronto Blue Jays, and why I think this is an awesome deal for the Mets. Also, I want to dive into the crazy week that happened this past week surrounding Steve Cohen that ultimately led him to deactivating his Twitter account. Now, before we begin, I just want to let you all know that I am on Twitter at PodMets. On this Twitter, I post updates and news about the podcast and love to interact and talk Mets and baseball with fans like you. So head on over and be sure to follow at PodMets on Twitter. So to start, I want to talk about how the Mets last Wednesday sent pitcher Steven Matz to the Toronto Blue Jays for three right-handed pitching prospects. Matz, over his six seasons with the Mets, has a career 435 ERA and a 1320 whip. Early in his career, in his first season, he was awesome. He went 4-0 in 2015 with a 2.27 ERA and even pitched great in the playoffs and the World Series. So he really started off his career strong, although he was plagued by injuries after that great start. And then in the past three seasons, he really just has not been able to get back to that dominance that he started his career off with. He hasn't had an ERA since 2018, less than 397, and really he struggled last season especially. He had a 968 ERA, as well as giving up 4.1 home runs through 9. So, in return for Mats, the Mets received pitchers Sean Reed Foley, Yancy Diaz, and John Winkowski. So, to start going over who these players are, Sean Reed Foley is 25 years old, He has three years in the majors and has 21 total games with 13 total starts in those three years. Through those three seasons, he has a 440 ERA and a 1605 whip. So not superstar numbers, but as I'll get into later, the numbers and the way that these pitchers have performed in their careers, both in the majors and the minors, is not as important to me, to be completely honest. So I'm going to get into that in just a second. But moving on to Yancy Diaz, he is 24 years old. He's only played in one MLB game, so his Major League ERA is 27, which is obviously very bad. But again, it's only one MLB game where those numbers are coming from. In the minors, where the majority of his playtime and starts come from, he has a 384 ERA and a 1287 whip. Moving on to the Mets' final prospect that they receive from the Blue Jays is John Winkowski. He's 22 years old, and in four years in various minor leagues, he has a 335 ERA and a 1297 whip. So, my overall take on this trade is that I love it. I think that for a few different reasons, this trade helps the Mets both now and for the future. To start, it clears money, and I think that this was the main motive behind the deal. I think that the deal was made simply to shed Matt's salary. By making this deal, the Blue Jays take on Matt's $5.2 million salary, and that only extends the space between where the Mets are at right now with their salary and where the luxury tax is. So I really think that this is an important factor of this trade because the Mets have bounced back and forth this entire offseason between it's okay to go over the luxury tax, it's not okay to go over the luxury tax, Regardless now, you have $5 million in space, and they did give Aaron Loop a $3 million deal who is their new left-handed reliever they signed also this week, so now that money, $5 million, is down to $2.2 million, but again, 
it's more than what the Mets had before. So they freed up space, they used that space to sign a reliever, and now they have even more money with $2.2 million plus the space that they already had to go sign a Jackie Bradley Jr., a Trevor Bauer, or maybe even make a trade for someone with a decent salary or someone who they might want to offer an extension, or just offer the extensions to Lindor, Conforto, Syndergaard, etc. So they have now more space, albeit a little more space, but more space with this trade. And I'm, I think this was the main motive behind the move, and I think that it really works. Second of all, why I think this trade is great is that it bolsters the farm system. Now, as I said before, these prospects may not be superstars. They're not top prospects, big names, but they revamped the farm system, and I think that's more important than anything. When this offseason began, the Mets' new front office spoke about how they want to revamp the farm system, and this trade brings in three pitchers for a player that the Mets ultimately could have just let go. They could have let him walk without signing him to a one-year deal and then trading him and getting three arms back for him. This deal was made, as I said, primarily for money reasons, but instead of just you know, letting him go and not having to pay him his $5 million, they traded him for three prospects. And again, while they may not be superstars, they're young. They're 25 years old or younger, and they all have potential. They can spend some time in the minor leagues. They can eventually come up and provide some depth in the rotation, in the bullpen, or they could be used as pieces in another deal. Either way, no matter how, how you look at this, it's I think, really solid for the Mets to add new arms to their team. And then finally, the final reason why I think that this trade is really good is because it opens up a spot in the rotation. And as I talked about last episode, the Mets have been very connected to Trevor Bauer, so maybe that is a sign that something is to come. Although, obviously, everything is still speculation, but maybe this is a sign of a Bauer-Mets union? Who knows? Either way, Lucchese is probably the one who is going to fill in that hole right now where Mets used to be. Either way, it opens an interesting hole in the Mets rotation now where we'll have to see who ultimately comes and fills that spot, whether it be Lucchese, whether it be Bauer, whether it maybe be Lugo or someone else on the Mets team right now. It's just an interesting piece of this trade, and I think that although nothing is said and done, it does make a little more sense now for the Mets to go after Bauer because they now have a spot for him in the rotation. So overall, I really love this move because it clears money, it bolsters the farm system, and it opens up a spot in the rotation which could potentially be filled by Trevor Bauer or someone else. Who knows? I am going to miss Steven Matz in New York because he was a hometown kid. He was a great story and a really great guy, but overall, I really like this move, and I wish Steven Matz the best of luck in Toronto. Now, before I get into the craziness that happened on Twitter with Steve Cohen this past week, I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to be right back. All right, welcome back. So I want to get into talking about Steve Cohen and everything that's gone down this past week. So to start, a little background needs to be explained before I can really get into where Steve Cohen comes into the situation and where him deactivating his Twitter account really comes into play. 
So last week, Redditors began to flood stocks on the stock market that were being shorted by big hedge funds. And these stocks included GameStop, AMC, and other struggling companies. And off of these struggling companies, hedge funds looked to make lots and lots of money. But by flooding the stock, Redditors made sure that didn't happen and instead forced the hedge funds to take on huge losses. Cohen became involved because him and another hedge fund called Citadel provided a capital infusion to Melvin Capital Management, which is a third hedge fund. So we've got three hedge funds going on here, Steve Cohen and his hedge fund, which is 0.72, Citadel, and Melvin Capital. Melvin Capital is heavily involved with GameStop and is really involved with the GameStop stock and was really the hedge fund that was taking on huge losses, thus why Citadel and Steve Cohen and 0.72 provided a capital infusion to help out the hedge fund, to help out Melvin Capital. Cohen especially became under fire, though, in this situation when the trading app Robinhood restricted the ability of users to trade the popular stocks, the GameStop, AMC, etc. They wouldn't allow users to buy or sell the stocks, which was completely out of the ordinary and just really didn't make any sense. And all of this really came to a head because Citadel, the second hedge fund that with Steve Cohen helped out Melvin Capital, is heavily involved with Robinhood. And thus, people became extremely suspicious that Citadel and, by association, Cohen had instructed Robinhood to restrict these stocks so as these big hedge funds did not lose as much money as they were losing due to the Redditors flooding the stocks. Most of the backlash towards Steve Cohen came from the Barstool community as founder Dave Portnoy took to Twitter to call out Cohen and accuse him of involvement, although Cohen did respond and denied these claims saying that he wasn't involved with what was going on with Robin Hood at all. Ultimately, he deleted his Twitter, saying that he and his family had received threats and that he was going to take a break, quote, for now. So my take on this situation is that it's really unfortunate and it's still a little confusing because we don't know how involved Steve Cohen actually is in this situation. First things first, though, it's awful that Cohen and his family receive threats. No matter the situation, it's absolutely uncalled for to threaten someone and their family, and I completely understand Cohen deleting his Twitter to avoid more hate and backlash and, you know, threats. That's simply not okay. There's no place for that anywhere. Second of all, from everything that I've seen online, on Twitter, through articles, it really doesn't seem like Steve Cohen has much to do with the Robin Hood situation, and I think that's where most of the hate and the backlash came from towards Cohen. First off, like I said, Cohen denied being involved with it publicly on Twitter in a response to Dave Portnoy who called him out for being involved. And from what I can find online through articles, the only connection that Steve Cohen has with Robin Hood is that he partnered with Citadel, the company that is really connected with Robin Hood, to help out Melvin Capital. So I can't really see where Cohen and him having a hand in Robin Hood comes into play because from what you can find online and from what you can see that he said, it doesn't seem like he's that connected with it. Steve Cohen does have some minor shares in GameStop and thus will have taken some losses due to this situation, but again, most of the hate which is about Robin Hood seems to be somewhat unwarranted. A lot of people are bringing up his past wrongdoings, which 
you can't deny he has been accused of and has paid fines for insider trading in his own hedge fund. And obviously that is wrong and that's not acceptable at all in a workplace or in any sort of business. That's not excusable at all. And I know a lot of people are coming at him for those past wrongdoings. But I think a lot of the hate and a lot of the threats are coming because of the events of this past week. And just from what I can see, it just doesn't seem like Cohen is that involved. So I think that the hate he's getting, and clearly enough that made him delete his Twitter account, just seems to be somewhat unwarranted to me. So overall, it stinks to see him driven off Twitter like this. He was a funny guy. It was always nice to see him talking with the fans and asking for ideas. And it was cool, really, to see an owner be so outspoken like that and be so connected to fans. And it's really, really unfortunate and sad to see that him and his family were threatened to the point that he needed to delete his Twitter. That is just, no matter how you look at the situation, whether you are against Steve Cohen or whether you're for Steve Cohen, or no matter how you break this down, threats like that are simply not okay, no matter what. So hopefully more information about the situation comes out so that we can really see how involved Steve Cohen actually is or was or whether he is or isn't involved. I really think more information will eventually come out and hopefully shed light one way or another on this situation, but it is just sad to see him leave Twitter. It seems like it's for his own good, and it's just unfortunate that for a situation where I don't know how involved Cohen actually is, that he received threats like this. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's a crazy situation. But let me know what you think. Any thoughts or questions or opinions about anything I said in this podcast are appreciated. Send them on over to me at PodMets on Twitter. I love talking Mets and baseball. I'd love to know what you all think about the Steven Matz trade, the Steve Cohen situation. Let me know and tweet me at PodMets on Twitter. So that is going to be it for this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Be sure to follow my Twitter at PodMets and follow the podcast wherever you listen so that you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. Thank you so much again for listening, and as always, let's go Mets!